voting security during the COVID crisis. I'm Tanya Hall, and joining me is Dr. David Dill, Professor Emeritus of Computer Science at Stanford University and founder of Verified Voting. Welcome, Dr. Dill. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Give us a brief summary of your professional resume, especially as it relates to voting security. Uh, I was a professor for 30 years of computer science uh, before retiring in 2017. Uh, so I did research in a number of areas. One of the academic areas that I really focused on was formal verification, which is checking the correctness of hardware protocols and software um, using basically tools from theoretical computer science, logic and automata theory. And so my real focus was on developing automatic tools for this. In that process, I learned a lot about bugs and essentially the hopelessness of achieving perfection in computer systems. <clears throat> Around 2003, this was after a few years after the giant meltdown in the presidential election in Florida with Bush versus Gore, there was a wave of reform through the country to try to improve our voting technology and get rid of the dreaded punch cards, cards that caused such problems in that election. And one of the solutions that we were reading about a lot was the use of touchscreen machines. So for some reason in late 2002, early 2003, I started learning about touchscreen machines. There was a certain amount of concern from people on the internet about um, why should we be able to trust these machines? And I thought about that as a computer scientist and I couldn't come up with a reason why they were trustworthy. Essentially, you're relying on, uh, you, you have to trust the software on the machine and the hardware and everything else. And given my background in trying to make those things correct and secure, I felt like you couldn't make them sufficiently correct and sufficiently secure to be able to count on them in an election when, uh, People want to know that their vote was properly counted and that whoever won the election truly won. So uh, I started, um, th th there, were, there were other people who had done this, but the basic solution that people had come up with was just use paper ballots. Um, that the idea of having an electronic machine with an electronic ballot box was fundamentally flawed because unlike a traditional election with paper ballots, um, you, uh, the voter could not confirm that the vote they cast was the one that was actually being recorded. The vote could be changed in transit between the keyboard or the screen and the electronic ballot box that's stored in the machine. So I asked my wife at some point, what would happen if I got every computer scientist in the world to sign a petition saying that this was a bad idea and we needed to use paper ballots? Um, so I don't think she predicted a very good outcome, but I went ahead anyway and uh, used my connections from having uh, been to grad school with a lot of computer scientists and having interacted with a lot of computer scientists professionally to try to recruit people at a bunch of different universities to say that the use of all electronic paperless voting machines uh, would undermine the integrity of elections. And indeed they did, and we started getting national press coverage um, so after a while, that got to be too big a deal for me to just try to do personally. Uh, I actually did have a day job and had to teach students and do research and stuff too. 
And so I started uh, trying to set up an organization. And so that resulted in an organization that's still thriving called verifiedvoting.org. So I guess we've been in business about 16 years now. And we've, uh, I think, in spite of uh, being a small organization, have been able to punch above our weight and have a pretty significant impact on how elections are conducted in the United States. And it's an ongoing endeavor. It is. In fact, fast forward, um, here we are in a, in a totally new world. And, and as you see it, I guess, what are the COVID-related voting challenges we face now heading into the 2020 elections? So last year, um, actually for several years, Verified Voting has been planning to push for what we call risk-limiting audits, which are a way of, you know, if you've got computers counting the votes, you have to make sure they're counting them accurately. And so we have a trust but verify idea about using computers in elections where you have paper ballots and you check a random sample of the paper ballots to make sure that they're consistent with whatever the results of the election are. There are statistically efficient methods that have been developed, uh, which are called risk-limiting audits, where you can uh, basically bound the probability that a full hand count of the ballots would produce a different result from the electronic counts that almost everybody does now. Um, so we're all geared up to press for this. And then like everything, everybody else, basically we got disrupted by the COVID-19 um, problem. So the obvious issue there is um, it's not really reasonable to have a social distancing policy and then demand that if people want to be represented, they have to show up at a polling place. Uh, where they can infect other people and be infected. And in fact, people who are vulnerable or high risk populations <clears throat> would be, you know, have a really bad choice of, well, do I participate in the selection of our leaders at the risk of my life, or do I stay home and socially distance and uh, watch the election happen from afar? Doesn't seem very American to me. So uh, I live in California where uh, vote by mail is a, uh, very routine thing. And in fact, in many places, vote by mail, the majority of votes come in by mail. In Washington State and Oregon, it's basically all vote by mail. So we're comfortable with that in the West Coast. But in a lot of other states in the United States, it's absentee voting. And you have to have a reason, you have to sign an affidavit. And sometimes the procedures are a bit onerous for being able to vote that way. So I think we as a country have to. Uh, get together and say we have to make the best of this uh, bad situation with COVID-19, give people their right to vote. And in this case, uh, that means uh, the right to vote while staying healthy and maybe not violating whatever the local rules are about social distancing. The only real solution is vote by mail. So I think a lot of the rest of the country has to emulate what the Western states have done and make it much easier for voters to vote by mail. Um, and uh, that's not an easy thing, right? It's a significant logistical challenge to change how you run your elections and to get all these ballots out and figure out how to count large numbers of ballots. There are issues with printing ballots because sometimes there are exact, exacting regulations about that's how that needs to be done. Um, there are still some primaries and I think we just have to do the best we can with that. You know, if you've got a primary in June, it's very hard to change the way you're gonna run the election. So, you know, we do the best we can. What I'm really worried about is the November election. 
So we don't know how big a deal COVID-19 is going to be at that time, but it might be a very big deal. And so uh, I think the only responsible option is to plan ahead for extensive vote by mail in November and get started on it right now, because for a, a jurisdiction that is not heavily vote by mail right now, it's going to require a lot of preparation. Data from the U.S. Election Assistance Commission and the Election Administration uh, and voting surveys for both 2016 and 2018 elections show that over 16 million ballots uh, sent to registered voters by mail went, went missing. Isn't vote by mail just as hackable as maybe online or touchscreen? I think I think not. You know, in places. I, I don't know why those ballots went missing. You know, if people chose not to vote, then that's their right as well as in the United States. We don't have mandatory voting. Um, and uh, if it, I, I don't believe that those were voted ballots that, that went missing, right? So uh, if we had millions of ballots with votes on them actually disappearing, that would be a serious problem, but I don't think we have that problem. Um, the idea that there's fraud on, on paper ballots has been vastly overstated. So claims are made repeatedly that there's some large number that elections have been stolen or that there's some large number of um, people voting who shouldn't be voting or whatever. And the interesting thing about that is that lots of noise is made, but when it comes time to actually prosecute people and prove that it happened, it almost never amounts to anything. If it's in the polling places, I don't know that there's ever been a case of more than like two fraudulent votes actually being proven. And that's often by um, uh, district attorneys who would be motivated to prosecute because they're working, uh, you know, essentially the political leadership is claiming that there's extensive fraud. So if you've got a justice system run by somebody who's claiming there's massive amounts of fraud and they don't choose to investigate or they don't choose to prosecute after investigating, that inst indicates to me that there's not massive fraud. Now, vote by mail, I will admit, is uh, a little dicier than voting in polling places because uh, you're voting over a longer period of time. You know, the, the voters are not physically present, so you don't have poll workers watching them. You're voting over a more extensive period of time, so your ballots could, uh, there might be a, a longer window where somebody could interfere with the ballots. But basically, if you have vote fraud that depends on people messing with individual paper ballots, whether they're vote by mail or not, it's, you know, I think about fraud in terms of retail versus wholesale fraud. How many votes can a small number of people change? So in any case, it's going to be uh, require a fairly large number of people to change mail-in ballots. You know, you're not going to have somebody in a basement filling out millions of ballots. It's not not physically doable. Now, if you compare that with online voting, you know, there are people now who are saying we ought to have some sort of remote electronic voting, and there you're, you know, it's totally a possibility for wholesale fraud because of the software, right? So whether it's um, somebody who's managed to hack a zillion cell phones or laptops, and we know that there are uh, giant botnets of uh, malicious software on laptops out there right now, um, or whether it's actually the manufacturer of the program or a rogue programmer at the company 
or uh, just a security flaw in the software that allows um, uh, possibly millions of, of ballots to be changed, it's just incredibly vulnerable. And in fact, there's no uh, technical way of dealing with this. It's not a matter of we just have to be more careful when we write the software, which by the way, nobody ever is in the voting area. Uh, but it's not a matter of just being more careful because it's actually just not doable. So even say Apple, like iPhones, uh, have been have had tremendous vulnerabilities where basically people externally can own the phone. And of course, the people who write the software uh, can make it behave maliciously and there's, there's nobody to stop them. So I think that online voting is uh, uh, the absolute wrong way to respond to the COVID-19 crisis or for that matter to deal with voting in general because uh, we basically won't be able to trust the outcome of an election that's conducted that way. Dr. David Dill, Professor Emeritus of Computer Science at Stanford University and founder of Verified Voting. Thanks for giving us uh, some insight into how we're going to deal with this coming in tip to the November election. If somebody wants to connect with you, David, what's the best way they can do that? Send me email. I'm davidldill at gmail.com. Be sure to put in the initial, uh, the, the middle initial L because uh, David Dill is actually a fairly common name. And I once got uh, an irate message from somebody who complained about getting too much email that was intended for me, <laughs> something I wasn't happy about either. Um, I'd also urge people, if they want to find out more, to go to the website, verifiedvoting.org. And in particular, just recently, um, that organization released guidelines for how to do secure vote by mail uh, in the COVID era of COVID-19. Thanks again for joining us. And you can find more of my interviews right here or go to tanyahall.net. Thanks for watching.